Welcome to Game of Books with Kathy in South Dakota. That's me. And Christy in South Florida. That's me. We're two newbie writers sharing our take on wine, food, and mystery books. And the authors who write them. Join us for the fun. Hi, all you mysterious foodies out there. Exciting news! (laughs) (laughs) Kathy is here in person. (laughs) Oh, boy. She literally just flew in from South Dakota. I can't wait to hear about your flights and all your travel experiences. But first, I'd like to open the cork on this wine, and you can tell everyone what we, what you chose. Well, I am delighted to be here in person doing this. <laughs> and to celebrate, we uh, are going to enjoy some uh, barefoot bubbly Pinot Grigio champagne. Yes. Yes. So it cheers. is a celebration. Cheers. Cheers. Christy has these adorable champagne glasses that say celebrate and sparkle, which is what we're doing today. Yes. Thank you, Linda. Yes. Thank you, Linda. <laughs> so we have already talked about a barefoot bubbly um, in episode eight, and it was your uh, choice that day. Yep. And that was the extra dry champagne. Yes. This is. The Pinot Grigio version of that, and what really makes it particularly perfect for today, it's perfect for a day of fun and sun, Yes, which is definitely what we're having, and it is, it has hints of jasmine and orange blossoms. Hmm. So now I'll try it again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I can see a little orange blossom, maybe, with a little bit of flowery. I don't know. It I'm not sure about the jasmine. I'm not sure how to even... But I, the orange blossom I can get. Mm-hmm. But it says it pairs well with seafood, which Ooh, I can see. I'm going to make seafood later. <gasps> Are you really? Yes. Oh, it is perfect then. I know. I'm going to blacken some snapper for you. Oh, I am so excited. <laughs> I'm so, so excited. Good. That, I'm reading it. It says um, it pairs well with grilled fish, artichoke dip, and a Greek salad, which would really make a and nice meal. And you know meal. what? I do have artichoke <gasps> dip that I could make, too. Oh, I, my goodness. I, yeah. I know. See, so it's perfect. There you go. I so that's what we're having today, and it's um, it has a good connection to my book, but I thought it was a great way to celebrate. Well, uh, both I'm us being enjoying together. it, and it, is, and it is a good way to celebrate in the fun in the sun's Florida. Yes. So now you have to tell me how your trip went because you started to tell me things and you said, no, no, we're yeah. going to wait for the podcast. No, no. So I did just arrive a couple hours ago and yeah. it was the most seamless day of travel. It was so easy, which was wonderful. That's great. I had about a hundred degree change in temperature <laughs> over the course of a few hours. <laughs> That's crazy. <clears throat> yeah. But the great thing was it started really easy because the snow held off. It was just freezing cold but otherwise it was good travel Your to flights, the airport. You even got here early. I did. My flights were great and so I actually I've never done this before but I transitioned in um, Dallas. So I flew from Sioux Falls, South Dakota to Dallas mm-hmm. and then had just a quick layover there and then Dallas to Fort Lauderdale. But while I was in Dallas I had the best breakfast. Hmm. It was at a Vietnamese restaurant and it was called the dish that I chose was called morning street rice. Okay. Oh my gosh. It was basically like a, a rice bowl and it had this really yummy marinated pork and uh, cucumbers and oh, tomatoes yum. and rice, obviously. And then it had a fried egg over it. Oh, wow. Oh, it's just 
delicious. That does sound good. It was really, really good. Wow, I never think it. I mean, I guess, you know, yeah. Vietnamese people eat breakfast too. Well, but <laughs> I bypassed Chick-fil-A and McDonald's and trying to find something that, you know, sounded yeah. good. And I was so delighted. And it was just tucked away in this corner. Wow. It was delicious. Dallas is a pretty nice airport, I think. It's a very nice airport. Yeah. Yeah, really. My first time there. I'd, okay. never, I'd never flown through Dallas. I mean, so. it's huge, but... yeah. So it was great. I had super easy peasy travel, and I will tell you, I had every plane I was on. Everyone was absolutely gracious and nice. I, wow. I, as you know, I'm not the it's... tallest of people. <laughs> yeah. And so having a pretty uh, well packed carry on mm-hmm. that needs to go in the overhead compartment, it's kind of an entertainment for people around me to watch me hoist it over my head in a confined space to put it in those overhead. Luggage. Well, nobody helped you? No, they did today. This oh. gentleman was so nice. He actually saw me coming down the aisle, apparently saw how height challenged I was, <laughs> or what he anticipated, or he knows somebody short in his life, and he was like, here, let me, I'll help you with that. Oh, nice. Then, the same very kind gentleman, it was uh, three seats on each side, mm-hmm. and I was in the middle. Oh, I was just about to ask you, do you like window or aisle? I like aisle. Okay. I like aisle, because I need to stand up a lot, yeah. but I... Um, but he asked the stewardess, and he said uh, he found an empty seat, and he said, I'll, I'll move up there so you can scoot over if, you, if, if you'd like. Wow, so you got the aisle. I said, thanks. That's so nice. Oh, my gosh. I know. Then, wait for it, <laughs> the uh, stewardess came down and was, you know, bringing beverages, and I was just going to stick with my, my water, and I thought, this is kind of a celebratory day. I'm, I'm going to have a drink. Mm-hmm. And she, I pulled out my credit card, and she quite kindly put her hand on mine and said, had a good day. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'm traveling with you from now on. <laughs> I think it was all the Zen yoga this weekend. Yeah. You were, just, you were just radiating yes. calm and, <laughs> and... Yeah. So shout out to all my yoga people. That was... Yeah. yeah That's so. great. Yeah. So it was oh, a great wow. trip. And now I'm here and it is 80 degrees and... Yes, it is. It's, and it's going to be warm the whole time you're here, I think. No, I really am thrilled with the weather. Yep. So yep. I'm here, and that's uh, wonderful, and I'm so excited to be together in person. And and we have champagne, and I think we should have another sip, because um, I agree. I am dying <laughs> to hear about your mystery book, but... Oh, um, I agree. I think another sip will be really good. Yep. You know, I'm not, I'm not a huge champagne person. I mean, I like it for celebratory events. Right. But I think this Pinot Grigio is, it's it's less sweet. I mean, it's yeah. m- more along the lines of a Pinot Grigio. Right. Just with bubbly. the bubble. Yeah. It's very fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm really excited to share this book with you. The author is someone you've probably heard of because she's very famous and very successful. Her name is Catherine Coulter. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. And the book I chose is Insidious, which is a great title, I thought. Yeah. And it's number 20 in her FBI thriller series. Wow. Number 20. And there's been two more since then. Oh. It reminds me of your author from last week, Stuart Woods. That's yeah. just prolific. Yeah. And so so a little bit about Catherine, in case you don't know who she is. She's a prolific writer. And she started as a romance writer. Oh. And I, I found <laughs> that this is a great story, I think. So she was maybe newly married, but younger in her life and in her marriage. And she was reading a romance book. And was really into reading romance books. And one weekend threw the book across the room and was all frustrated and said, I can do better than this. 
Oh, really? And that was the moment she decided to become a writer. Oh, wow. And then she and her husband spent the weekend outlining or, I, I suppose, brainstorming her first romance plot. Oh, you're kidding me. Mm-hmm. So, well, now, what was her background before that? Was you she know, an English major or no, something? No, no, I can't recall now off the top of my head. I'm also curious about um, what kind of research they did yeah. for romance. Like, was it... <laughs> what are you implying, Christy? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, you said her and her husband yeah. did all kinds of research for a romance well, think, novel, so I'm thinking... Well, if we ever get the chance to interview her, we'll ask her that. <laughs> So that, I thought that was a great story. Yeah, that is cool. So she has this huge following um, with uh, her romance series, mm-hmm. a few different series. And then she decided to move into the thriller genre. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's going to be some elements of crossover. I mean, I think you know, if you're a romance writer, it's hard to all of a sudden not have romantic elements. Right. And so I went on to Goodreads and I was reading some of the reviews that some po- people who were posting had left on this book. Um, there were a few comments that pertain to the element of romance in this book, like there wasn't enough or there was too much. Oh, really? And I thought, well, talk about not being able to satisfy all of your customers, you know? know. So anyway, so this, so Insidious is number 20 and, and her series is called the FBI Thriller Series. Have you ever read one? Mm-mm. Okay. I don't think, well, I, I've read one of her books before. Yeah. I think I have one on the shelf, but I don't really remember. Yeah, if it was. The well, FBI she's written series. so many. I mean, okay. it's it'd be very. I mean, I it's be very easy to get confused because she's written so many. But what's interesting about this FBI thriller series, from what I can tell, this is a pattern where she has, I guess, as it would be with an FBI career, she has different plot lines, like totally two different um, mysteries to get solved at the same time. At the same time, in the same book, okay. with different agents. Right? Like, hey, here's the FBI. And so what the main plot line in this story is dealing with um, FBI agent Savage and Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Man and woman. Mm-hmm. Partners in real life and partners at work. Okay. Okay. And they are investigating one concerning situation. Mm-hmm. And then another one of their co-agents mm-hmm. is out in Los Angeles investigating a different crime. And so it kind of goes back and forth. Well, do they come together? You know, not necessarily. It's just, um, so it's really interesting how she does that. Yeah. But it's really, I mean, you, you it weaves together really beautifully. Okay. But, so, the, so the main plot with um, Savage and Sherlock is they are trying to figure out, someone's trying to kill this woman. Her name is Venus Rasmussen. And she is a matriarch, owns a huge business, matriarch of a huge family, all people, you know, working in the business, right. stakes to, you know, inherit the business kind of thing. And someone's trying to kill her. And so their job is to figure out, initially, who's trying to poison her. Okay. And they think, initially, it might be the champagne that she's been drinking. (gasps) (laughs) So let's have a drink of champagne. Cheers. (laughs) Poor Venus. (laughs) Poor Venus. Poor Venus. Yeah, so so it's a really fun read. Mm -hmm. I actually... Uh, it was the first one in the series that I read. I really enjoyed this okay. this couple of agents. It was really interesting hearing how they work their at home life mm-hmm. and their work life together right. and keep it separate. That was really fun. So um, my question to you is this: So Catherine Coulter also writes another series with another author, and the author is J T. Ellison, who I have oh, yeah. mentioned on the blog yeah, and the podcast. Week, yes. And she writes, she's a very successful writer on her own. She writes thrillers and standalones and series. 
And she has started writing this series, um, which is called A Brit in the FBI series. So it's a kind of a knockoff of this series. And they write together from two different places, like we podcast together, Mm -hmm. and they've done six of them. And so my question to you is, you know, what do you think about that? Like writing uh, writing an actual piece of fiction with another person. I think it's really interesting. I are they the ones, is that why there's two different stories in that story? No, this, the one, I, the Insidious is just one of Catherine's. Oh, okay. So she has this other series with JT. So, I mean, it's, it really is fascinating because mm-hmm. I want to know how they do that. I do too. I mean, and we does discussed... one write more or do they each write a chapter? I, you know. Well, I think it depends on the situation, but we've talked about a number of writers who yeah. do this, right? Like James Patterson, I right. talked about The Beach House. He co-wrote that with somebody else. Uh-huh. Um, we had also talked about the book with the sisters. Yeah. Writing. And so I, which is the last Mrs. Parrish is the title of that one. And that was Uh just a few episodes ago. Actually, one of our authors that we're getting ready to interview. Yes. We'll have to ask her. Because she's doing a series. She's doing a series with somebody else. Perfect. They're co-writing. So. And 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 like you say, I wonder if there's a, a variety of relationships where, you know, like the James Patterson situation i've read enough about those those don't sound as um uh mutually shared you know like more like he comes up the uh with the outline the writer you know starts writes it they might go back and and they go back and forth but it's not like right actually physically writing or both or truly both coming up the ideas yeah and i'm sure there's a thousand different ways to do that right you know given the fact that you and i do podcasts Mm -hmm. From two different locations, mm-hmm. two different lives, trying to mm-hmm. put that together. Right. And then I think extrapolate that into a piece of fiction. I mean, that now that is a very different experience from what I've been because I've mm-hmm. been everything inside internal. Right. And I, I think it would be refreshing to yeah. have someone to bounce ideas no, I, off And of. I think that a lot of people do that with critique groups and things like mm-hmm. that too, but not to the extent where, you know, somebody's invested enough to really right. give you that information. Like they'll read a few yeah. pages. Yeah, or they'll say, oh, yeah, that sounds good, but Mm -hmm. not really like, oh, no, my vision is this. Well, mine's this. And then, (laughs) yeah, you know. Well, I think it's, I think I'm I'm intrigued by it, I should say. So it'll be really fun to talk to our author this weekend about that. Cool. Yeah. So, okay. So the food scene. Mm -hmm. While poor Venus Rasmussen is being possibly poisoned. (laughs) And she goes, she has to outline that this has happened to her three times where she's getting ill. And this one's, I think, 83 years old. And someone's trying to <clears throat> take her out prematurely. Maybe she should cut back at 83. I think champagne. not. I'd say go. <laughs> go, go, go. Well, maybe that's what she's got, like, gallstones or something. No, 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 no. Anyway, so she's describing her meals, right? And, and they're, so they're trying to pinpoint where she got the food, what kind of mm-hmm. food it was, where you know what could be hidden in it. So she's describing she's having champagne. Um, but their solution is, okay, for now, you can't have anything that's prepared in your own home. You have to have everything ordered in just to be safe so nobody okay. can taint it. So she has food ordered in while these FBI agents in her house. But the FBI agents decide they're going to suck it up and eat what her chef is going to make. Now, there's no discussion about this. And I thought, <laughs> wouldn't they want to be concerned too? But instead... Uh, that's the craziest thing I ever heard. Listen, what are they, like wait, the king's tasters? Yeah, I, tasters I think something? I might have just taken it wrong, but I thought it was hilarious. But when you find out what they ate, you would have eaten it too. Oh. Okay. okay. So they the, her, her personal chef, just for lunch one day, uh-huh. made 
risotto, um, fresh baked rolls, mm-hmm. and a salad of poached pears. Well, that that is pretty good. That's delicious. Yeah. I love risotto. It's one of yeah. my favorite things to I know. eat. It is good. So my question to you is, do you make risotto and what are your thoughts are? Um, yes, I do have, I have one recipe and I haven't made it in a long time. It was risotto with parmesan and peas and mm. you make it in the oven. <gasps> That's my favorite recipe. Oh, well, I used it at my cooking club. I love I, it too. I haven't had it in forever. I should make it while you're here. It's my daughter's favorite thing, and I make it probably every two weeks. Oh, really? And I got... You can make it then. (laughs) I I can. I can make it by... I've got it memorized. I got the original recipe from Real Simple Magazine. Oh, really? And that's... that's Yeah, and I don't know. I found it online, but maybe it was Real Simple. I'll have to look and see. It's so funny. Wow. That's kind of eerie. I know. See? I had made, you know, original, the uh, risotto the original way. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got the warm broth, ladle, ladle, ladle. No, I had never done that. (laughs) And I, it's really, I just wanted the patience for it. So I'm just going to add something funnier that I I had my notes done for this. Mm -hmm. And last night my family was, we were trying to discuss what to have for dinner. I've been at yoga all weekend. Coming here this morning, so we wanted to have a nice kind of comfort food meal. And so I had asked everybody if they wanted, and we came to the menu. Whitney wanted the risotto. Mm-hmm. So my husband, being the very kind, wonderful man he is, yes. decided he would just cook all the food instead of me. Well, he didn't know I had the shortcut recipe of oven-baked risotto. Oh, no. So he made the original from scratch last night, adding ladle after ladle of warm oh, broth. Oh, that's so sweet. And I will tell you, I hadn't had that version for a long time, and it was delicious. Oh, that's good. But I'll tell you also, it wasn't that much better right. than the short version. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I have done. I mean, I've had risotto bad before, mm-hmm. like... It wasn't cooked all the way or yeah. something at a restaurant. But when I decided to make it, I was like, easy for me because, yeah. uh, you know, I, yeah. As long as you get that Oboreo rice cooked yes. all the way through. Yeah. I will tell you, the cheese that you had out today, uh-huh. Christy had some cheese and crackers <laughs> for me as I arrived. And there is the most delicious cheese. And, and that's Publix brand. It would be a delicious risotto, those flavors. Let's do it. Let's it's got, do it. It's I'll, got, get the, I'll get the rice tomorrow. It's got leeks and... Mushroom. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Is that good cheese? Wait. Can you tell we're hungry? Yes, we are. Okay. okay. So that's Catherine Coulter's Insidious. Okay. Very, very good. Yes. So tell me. Let's have some little more wine. Okay. We might have to pour a little. Do we have to pour a little bit? I don't know. We can we can have everybody hear the bubbles. <laughs> Here you go. Oh, thank you. I'll let you do okay. it. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> okay. So, Christy, what do you have this week? Okay, so my book is Two Can Keep a Secret. <laughs> Kathy, you poured too much of the champagne. It's going to bubble over. I did, but I quickly <laughs> drank it while Christy's laughing at me. See, we normally can't see each other make these No, this pods, is hilarious. So, yeah. yeah, okay. So anyway, Two Can se- Keep a Secret, and then in small letters, if one is dead. Oh my yeah. goodness. <laughs> it's a mystery thriller. Come Who's on. the author? Um, Karen McManus. Okay. And it's a YA. That's a great title. I know. And, um, and so this is, and this just came out just earlier this year, 2019. And this is actually a comp book for mine because it's very similar. Like there's a lot of similarities Mm -hmm. between it. Um, but her, this is her second book. Her first one 
is called um, One of Us is Lying, and that came out um, in May of 2017. It might still be on the bestseller list. Really? Yeah. She It just took off. And I, and I bought that one to check, you know, as a comp title back then. And then I actually did see her at a panel. It, down here, they had a new authors panel oh, cool. at the library, and R.L. Stein was... Oh, you had told me about this. Yeah, he was moderating, and so... I was like, oh my gosh, because two, at least two authors on there, I had their books and stuff because Uh, I was, you know, just finishing up Gator Moon mm -hmm. and everything. And um, so I wanted to hear all what they had to say about publishing and all that. And so I went, unfortunately, you, I don't know if you remember this story, but not only did I go, but like 9 million, like. Elementary school kids went for R.L. Stein. So even though it was the new authors panel, they had an open question thing and about 20 kids zoomed (laughs) in line and they all went up and asked their questions about, you know, goosebumps or whatever and stuff. And so it was funny, but, but, um, but anyway, so I did get to see her there and that was like right when things were taking off. And, and so now she's got this, this book and it, and it is very good. When I say it's similar to mine, it's a thriller and it's also a whodunit. There's displaced characters in a small town. Oh, interesting. There's old secrets mm. that are coming, you know, to play about murders in the past. And it's an unusual environment, but I, you know, like I have the swamps and the Everglades. Mm-hmm. It's set, it's in like New England and um, there's a Halloween theme park. Oh, <laughs> That's awesome. And the Halloween theme park is called Fright Farm. Nice. But it used to be called, well, five years earlier, they changed it from Murderland to <laughs> Fright Farm because Murderland was what it was when then somebody was actually murdered oh my there. Lord. Yeah. So it is a very dark, it's much, I think it's a dark, darker than mine is, you know, in, in just the way it's told. Um, but it still has As the I'm same saying, creepy elements. Yeah, you've got some pretty... <laughs> I, I don't know what you're, if you're recalling, you've had some pretty dark elements in yeah, this. I know, but I mean. But that's what young adults, yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah. They're it's young okay. adults. Yeah. 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 But okay. anyway, so here's my question. Okay. Do you like scary themed, like haunted houses? And no. theme park? <laughs> no. And no. So you wouldn't go to like Universal Studios' Fright Nights or something where they jump no. out? And... No. Now. That said, my children mm-hmm. love them. Love. Yeah. Not a fan. Yeah. I'm not. How about you? No, not so much. Were you ever? No, but we we did used to go ghost hunting. What? Yeah. When I I, I lived in a small town in high school. Yeah, me too. And um <laughs> you didn't we would go ghost hunting and and oh my gosh, it was so much fun because we would have to drive places and we would just you know, say, oh, you know, I think this, this place is haunted and we go and check it out. And um, one time we had a house that my parent, my dad was building it way out in the wood in far out of town. And we had moved to a closer in place, but my dad would still go out and work on that, that house. So my friends didn't know we oh. owned that house. <laughs> Not good. So we drove out there and um, 
let's just say we're lucky the baseball bat didn't connect with anything because one of the baseball player kids thought he was being tough and protecting his girlfriend who was scared and was had a bat out. <gasps> but, but my dad had planned ahead and he and my sister were like in the house up in the attic. And so we were, I was trying to talk them into coming up. I said, oh yeah, somebody you wrecked on an airplane. Awful. <laughs> I know. It was so much fun. But then we, but then they didn't, I went up there and I said, they're, they're afraid to come up. I, I hollered up. Well, my dad or my sister thought I said, we're, we're up. Or they turned the light on. I said, no, turn it off. So they turned it off. And so these people walking up the hill <laughs> saw the light go on and off inside the house that we thought was a deserted house. Oh my God. It was so funny. But anyway, I digress. So nowadays, I mean, I knew about that. Nowadays I would maybe do an escape room or something like that. But yeah. I wouldn't. That's hilarious. I will say in high school, I would, because all my friends would, I went to a haunted house a couple times and I literally hated every minute of it mm-hmm. and cried. Really? Yeah. And uh uh, not even to get attention, but literally mm-hmm. because I was <laughs> so miserable. <laughs> but we also did the going out to, you know, kind of the, the homes in the country that are deserted. And, mm-hmm. and you know, there's something about wanting to scare yourself. Yeah. And what's funny is my daughters are doing the same thing now. And oh, it's that's probably so the funny. same houses that I went to. <laughs> that's so funny. Okay, so an update from South Dakota. Okay. My watch. I just got a text from my daughter. I was wondering. I thought you were telling me to hurry no, up. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> she just said, it's snowing a ton here. Oh, and my And so I'm gosh. feeling a little bit guilty looking out at your pool. Oh, well. <laughs> I think I see a cloud <laughs> out there. And so you see some snowflakes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. But um, anyway, so that was that. And um, so on to the food. Yes, that's what I'm waiting for. Okay. Because we're clearly very hungry. Yes. Well, I can tell you that I was really digging in this book because while the characters apparently do eat, yeah. they never talk about the food. Oh, that's interesting. I know. It, it was really weird. I was like, you know, they would, they would, you know, of course there were cafeteria scenes mm-hmm. and be like, oh, I piled up my tray, but I, but I wasn't hungry or something. <laughs> and I'm like, but what, what do you mean you piled up your tray? What'd you put on it? Nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing. So then I, other than popcorn and hot chocolate, which seemed to show up, they did have one scene where one of the main characters is talking about how distraught his mom is. Oh. Well, because I mean, you know. Yeah. It's a dark show. Obviously. Dark book. Anyway. Okay. So here it is. Um, There's nothing you can do, mom keeps repeating on Monday morning. She puts an overfull bowl of Cheerios in front of me on the kitchen island, even though I never eat cereal. We have to think positive and act normally. (laughs) The message might go over better if she didn't pour coffee into my Cheerios while she was saying it. (laughs) She doesn't notice. And when she turns, I grab milk off the island and top off the bowl. It's not the worst thing I've ever eaten. Plus, I could use the caffeine. (laughs) That's awesome. I know. That is so funny. I know. So that was a little, a little bit of a light scene in there, in the middle of all. And the it's things. a great combination of teenage humor and yeah. mom real life. Yeah, like that's just hilarious. So my question is, would you have eaten that? Nope. No. No. Have you ever mistakenly made like a weird combination of something and actually maybe even eaten it or? 
kind of hard to remember. Probably it happened. I am sure it has happened, but I can say I never tried to, you know, make it okay and eat it. Yeah. So I, I did have one weird combination that I actually tried. Now, it wasn't accidental. It was like an old boyfriend that would do this combination, and I tried it, and it wasn't bad. It was a peanut butter, cheese, and pickle sandwich. Holy Moses. Can you imagine? No. I've heard of peanut butter and pickle. It's the same thing, I think, because cheese is just creamy and salty. It was American cheese. It's a cheese, sweet, salty, you know? and then creamy thing. Yeah, it was American cheese. It wasn't yeah. anything exotic. So it was like, it was just a, it was odd. It is odd. I mean, I I was like, what? You eat that? I'm not going <laughs> to try it. But then I did. So I've seen um, recently on se- several restaurants in the last year, a kind of a combination of like a burger mm-hmm. with bacon and then like peanut butter or like, jelly, yeah, or like some, some sort of like fruit. Mm-hmm. And I kind of on along those lines. Yeah. And um, we had gone out for dinner with um, Whitney and her then boyfriend, and he was very is very adventurous. He'll try anything, and he tried it, and I, he's like, I wouldn't order it again, mm-hmm. but it wasn't bad necessarily. Well, I like bacon. Like I have a friend who makes bacon with like brown sugar on it or something. Oh, I've done that before. Caramelized bacon. Yeah, it's good. I made it for my dad's um, 80th birthday party. Oh. I was a bit of a rock star with that recipe. <laughs> you will have to make it. We are going to get some bacon. It was. If you use a, thi- a good you have thick to use bacon. Thick kind. Yeah, yeah. And you just basically are caramelizing it. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. That yeah. sounds like a rock star move. Ina Garten. Yep. She, she anyway, never fails. So, well, that is awesome. I love mm-hmm. that. Well, okay. So, I think we should have a drink of wine. Mm-hmm. Champagne. Pardon me. Champagne. Champagne is wine. Champagne it's is wine. This, and this is Pinot. This is basically bubbly Pinot Grigio. Yes. And so, remind us what the author's name and title is of that book. It's Karen McManus, and the book is um, Two Can Keep a Secret. That's a great title. Yeah. And the subtitle? Is... If one is dead. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay, so now it's time for our new favorite, the writer's perspective. Mm-hmm. And because I chose the wine, you get to choose the com- the conversation topic. Okay, so here it is. I'm writing first person point of view in my work in progress. And I'm wondering how you feel about writing in present tense versus past tense and I know that's kind of specific, um, but it's something I'm struggling with right mm-hmm. now. So I thought, well, you know, maybe I find naturally I want when I'm writing in first person, I want to write past tense. Like, you know, I looked out the window and, you know, mm-hmm. instead of I look out the window, that feels weird to me. Mm-hmm. But there is a lot leaning towards that because it makes it more immediate. But. I still feel more comfortable in the past tense, but then I have to throw in like present tense when I'm talking about, for example, let's see, um, the sudden shout caused me to lose concentration. I almost fell as I was leaping to the dock with the last empty box. Only one person calls me that. Oh, sure. See, because somebody called to her and she says only one person, she wouldn't say only one person called me that because... We're not that far in the future when she's telling this story, the way I think. And 
that's just how it goes. I mean, it, but it's hard. It is really hard. It's funny to ask this today mm-hmm. because on the airplane, I was editing a scene of mine and I write in third person, mm-hmm. past tense as mm-hmm. well, but she, or he actually, was recalling a conversation. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted the writer to be immediate in that conversation that the person was recalling. And so I did slide into present tense for that conversation. Well, present tense in the dialogue. In the recall dialogue, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, well, that's still, that makes sense because mm-hmm. it's dialogue. And I wanted to be able to make it clear that this was a memory this person had and obviously mm-hmm. was explaining why they were acting the way they were right then. Mm-hmm. And so I tried very hard, actually, to keep the present and the past tense separate so that you would know this is what, <laughs> ironically, what was happening today mm-hmm. in the book was in past tense, but what happened in the past mm-hmm. was in present tense. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I mean, but even even when I'm writing past tense, all the dialogue is going to be present tense because yeah. it's actual dialogue. Right. And then, but then it's anytime the expository stuff kind of, it, it, it starts getting difficult because sometimes they're talking about something specific to that particular time. And then sometimes they're talking about in general, like my dad always does this. You're not going to say my dad always did that. That sounds like your dad's dead. Your dad's not dead. He's there. And so you have to say mm-hmm. it, I think. You know, I... I don't have an easy solution for this because I <laughs> just well because I just looked at the chapter and it was really com- I I thought I had confused a few things right and so um, I I didn't do it today in the airplane <laughs> but, but I do read find, aloud read it outside yeah. out loud I think that makes a difference it because does. then you all of a sudden go something doesn't sound right and you know what else I did this is probably even more extreme but I read it and I recorded it no my, that's good and then I read and then I listened to it back. And that's really where I found the errors. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Because I think even as you're reading it out loud to yourself, you catch a ton. Right. But you're also still judging and you're, mm-hmm. your mind's working right. on something that you heard maybe two sentences yeah. ago. Or maybe you're saying about a note or right. whatever. And it's especially like, I mean, it's not going it, to... I notice as I get farther along, it, the flow is easier because they're not. she's not setting the stage as much. So it's not kind of talking about things in her mind mm-hmm. it's more just action happening and that can all be past tense and go on you know yeah anyway i think i i think the out loud when you're talking about different tenses in the same scene mm-hmm. is the only tool i have in my arsenal right. i don't i don't have a sharp enough ear yet as a writer right. I hope someday I'll get there. Yeah. To be able to just read it and yeah. but right now it has to be out loud. Maybe, maybe we'll have like somebody out there that'll, you know, be our readers for us that have sharp ears. Well, or <laughs> any of our like the ghost that could pour wine last I time know. and we could have our <laughs> mysterious reader out there that Well, I I would love anybody's input who yeah. who is writing and a who lot. has some knowledge. <laughs> yes. Yeah, share because that, that that's a that's a tricky mm-hmm. Very kind of sliding, you know, right. it's on a sliding scale, I guess. Like I it's know, and those hard. aren't the only tenses either, because then oh, you goodness, have, no. you know, past perfect, you know, so then those are thrown in, and you're like, whoa. Right, anyway. for sure. Well, as usual, we could go on. Thankfully, we can talk about this in the future, when we get on to the next tense, or the next whatever. So, because <laughs> <laughs> the episodes come out every week. They do. And we'd love to hear from our listeners on this. So any of you writers out there or readers, 
who enjoy a certain tense or um, have an opinion on this, we would love peanut butter to and cheese and pickle sandwiches. <laughs> that too, please. <laughs> Risotto, champagne. <laughs> so please reach out through our Facebook or Twitter um, to our handle at GOB Writers. So that was really fun, and we have two more books to add to the shelf. Let's remind everybody what they are. Two Can Keep a Secret, If One is Dead. I love that. By Karen McManus. And mine is Catherine Coulter's Insidious, number 20 in the FBI Thriller series. And our champagne, it's dwindling, Nearly so gone. we must be enjoying it. Yes. <laughs> I would say for a champagne, this is my yeah. favorite one we've had. Yeah. Yeah, I like this one a lot. Yeah. I got I got it down here. It was barefoot bubbly and Pinot Gris. I know we can I get think this. It was in around eleven ninety nine or something, maybe. And I know we can get this in South Dakota because I've, oh, I've seen it before. So we, we we've abided by our rules. Yes. Okay, everyone. That's all for this episode of Game of Books, where we share food, wine, and mystery. If you liked listening, then be sure to subscribe to us so you can have your food, wine, and mystery tips every Friday morning. Just in time for the weekend. Uh, and talk to us on Twitter or Facebook at GB Writers. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, this is Kathy. And Christy. Saying thanks for listening. Bye, Bye everybody. everybody.